All right, so we kind of got a little controversial topic today. Gays, lesbians, and the free love movement. This all started back in 1860. No, I'm just kidding. So like a week or so ago, I was talking to a classmate. So I started back in 1804, back when your Uncle Willie was six. No. Uh, so, so it started like a week, like two weeks ago, I think two, three weeks ago. I was talking to a classmate, and we got some kind of way we got on talking about um, gays and lesbians, and her her point of view was, you know, free love can't be wrong, can't be a sin. There's nothing wrong with love. How can you hate love? And she's a Christian. I say, okay, back that up. And like, what do you mean? And like, you you don't think love is a sin? Well, yeah, because it's love. I'm like, what does it say that in the Bible? And she's like, well, I hadn't really read the Bible. Um, so I was like, so you don't know what the position of the Lord is on what you're saying is not a sin. means he's not offended by it or he doesn't consider it wrong. You just kind of, you know, intuitively just guess that without knowing what God actually said about it. And it, it kind of got quiet and not in a bad way, but I think, it, you know, it made us made her think about it. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to go, you know, gays, lesbians and the free love movement. Now, this this is what you know. This is a, this a definitely can be a touchy subject. So let me make a few ground rules. This is what I'm not saying. Okay, I'm not saying that being gay or lesbian is the is a bigger sin than any other sin. So I'm not I'm not going to turn it into a giant and say it's an amazing sin. Gays are going to hell. We need to burn all the gay flags. We need to get rid of the gay people. We need to send them to an island and, and burn out. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If that's what you want, if you're trying to get your Christian fight on against you know gay people and lesbian people i'm sorry i'm not going to back you on that you can click off right now i'll wait now by the same token if you want me to go hey being gay is fine if people would just all be gay or be a lesbian the world would be a better place if people just start putting you know the little gay flags on their faces and every the politicians would be better the world would be better love would just be freer and it'd be awesome Sorry, I'm not going to say that either. And, and actually, historically, you're wrong because there are many empires that had free gay love and they actually are, for the most part, no longer around. So, yeah, that whole gay being the savior of the world or lesbian being the savior of the world. Yeah, that you're not going to get that here either. Sorry. All right. For everyone else that's still listening, <laughs> let's do this. All right. So we're going to start with morality. Why are we starting with morality? Because we're talking about, you know, is being a gay, being gay or being a lesbian, being a gay. Are you a gay? No. Being gay or being lesbian. Is it a bad thing or is it a good thing? So bad or good is basically moral or moral judgment calls. Right. Or moral calls, rather. Not judgment calls, but moral calls. You know, is it right? Morally or is it wrong? Is it right or wrong? So we have to know what right or wrong is. Miriam Webster simply says that. Morality is a doctrine, a system of moral conduct. If you just Google morality, it pops this up. Principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. So I, I, I like them both. Both are right on. Miriam Webster, I think, nails it. A doctrine uh, or system of moral belief. So if it's a doctrine, where does the doctrine come from? Well, for non for non-religious people, 
they make it up as they go. This is kind of right, you know, and then maybe later on it's not so right, and they, they can change it. Uh, it's malleable. What's right and wrong is really what they decide is right and wrong because there's no etched in stone way to do things. For believers, we do have a, a, a way that doesn't change, and that's that's Jesus. Now, I do want to hit the pause button really, really quickly because anytime you say Jesus is the way, there are going to be tons of people that hold up a flag and say, oh, but Christians, I know a Christian that, that cheated on her taxes, and I know a, a Christian that he cheats on his wife. Then I want to ask you, do you really know a Christian? Listen, Jesus doesn't change. The, the imperialism that took place 100, 200 years ago, the crusade that took place, Jesus didn't support that. The Bible was written thousands of years ago, and it, and it hadn't changed. So if someone does something in the name of God, if it doesn't line up with what God actually said, then it's not God. I'm an American. I can grab a Canada, Canadian flag and say, I do this in the on behalf of Canada. And Canada's going to look at me and go, we don't know you, fool. <laughs> You're not doing that on our behalf. So when people say, oh, I'm a Christian, or I'm doing this on behalf of God, if it doesn't line up with God's word, God's looking at you and going, he might not be going, I don't know you, fool, but he's definitely going, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. And for some of them, he's actually going to say that. The Bible says it, that many are going to get to heaven and go, Lord, Lord, we did this and we did that. You know, we held up, you know, death to all gays or you know, blah, 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 blah. And, we had, and he's going to be like, yo, I don't even know you. I don't know you. Get away from me, you workers of iniquity. Like, you weren't doing my will. You're doing your own will. You weren't doing my will. So, yeah, so when I talk about what Jesus wants, I'm talking about what Jesus wants. Nah, not what some crazy person wants or what the pastor says or what the bishop says or what the priests say. I'm saying what this is what Jesus says. This is what the word of God says. So now that we got that clear, we're talking about God. Now, we could all find people that suck and say, hey, I'm righteous because I'm better than them. But, hey, you're better than someone that sucks. It's kind of like there's 50 basketball teams and you're number 49 and you go, well, I'm better than the 50th. You still suck. You're still horrible. So you want to compare yourself to the 50th or you want to compare yourself to number one? Jesus is number one, and he's the only one that we should be comparing ourselves to. We're going to make a comparison. It's like, hey, am I better than Jesus? Am I on the path with Jesus? Am I following what Jesus is saying to do? Do I love him? John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll obey my commandments. Do I love him? Do I love him more than anything else? With that, morality, four quick little points, really two points. Um, the first is we said it's, it's what's right or wrong. For the non-religious, they kind of just make it up for the, us believers. We believe it's Jesus and what he says is right or wrong and as, you know, dictated in the Bible, as written in the Bible. We believe it. Um, that's what makes us believers. In the beginning, we weren't called Christians. We weren't called uh, Christian. We were first called Christians in, in the, uh, at Antioch, right? The church at Antioch. But before that, we were just called believers because it was those that believed that Jesus was the son of God. And those that didn't. For the believers, we followed Christ and we listened to what he said. And if Christ said, hey, love your enemies, love those that hate you and do, and treat you badly and and do all manners of evil against you. And he does say that. And he says, love them. Then we love them because we believe Jesus. 
and our belief is an action. There's a, I speak, uh, I have a podcast that just talks about belief. In the Bible, when it speaks of belief, belief was an action. It was not a feeling. Matter of fact, the Hebrew language, Arabic, it didn't have a, or the Hebrew language, uh, the written language and the spoken language didn't have a word really for a belief that wasn't followed up by an action. For example, if I said I believe that it would rain, me saying that I believe it would rain also meant that I was preparing for the rain, that I was acting uh, as if it was going to rain. Um, it wasn't, there was no context for, I believe it's going to rain, but I'm not going to do what um, needs to take place to protect myself, family or crops from a rain or from a flood or what have you. And uh, now in other languages, especially English, we have words uh, that say, you know, we believe this, but we do something else. It's hypocrite, right? Like I believe this, but I'm doing something else. But in the Hebrew language that, that really didn't exist, right? It was, you had people that said they believed and they acted a certain way, but I guess linguistically, maybe that's the word, but uh, there was really, there was really no precedence for this. So when it says, Hey, we believed then it, it, it automatically infers that there's an action that follows. So if I believe that God says, love those that hate me, then it means that I actually am loving and, and, and crying out to those that hate me in a positive way, trying to make those connections. I may not be perfect at it, but that's the direction I'm headed. And that's where I'm at. By the same token, if I believe Jesus said, hey, eating tacos is bad, I may love tacos. I may love them, man, and I do love. You give me a nice, I'm not even talking bean and cheese. I'm talking ham, country, ham, egg, and cheese. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You give me a good country egg and cheese, country ham, egg, and cheese, it's on. It's on. And if Jesus came back and says, hey, man, tacos are bad, then even though I love, love, love tacos, I'm going to have to start. To, I'm going to have to learn to love enchiladas because Jesus said tacos are bad. And I may hate it, but it comes down to what which do I love more? The tacos or Jesus? If it's Jesus, then I kind of have to give up the tacos. You know, if Jesus says, hey, love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength like he does in Luke 10, then I'm a, I, all of me has to love him. All of me has to love him. But if Jesus says, hey, same sex romantic relationships are bad, then just like tacos, I may love it, but ultimately it becomes, hey, is that going to be something I raise above God? Do I love that more than I love obeying God? Now, some are going to say, okay, being gay, and I've actually had that. I've had someone that was a lesbian, uh, and her friend, of course, uh, was also a lesbian. Um, I don't think they were dating at the time, um, but they were both lesbians, and she was like, okay, show me. And I'll stop being a lesbian. Show me in the Bible. I want to literally see it. Um, and I and I did uh, show her. And we're going to go over some of those scriptures. Uh, they're actually just going to kind of come organically as we hit a few topics. So first topic is being gay a bigger sin than other sins. Let's go to First Corinthians six, uh, nine through ten. And I think all of the scriptures today are going to be coming out of uh, the New Living Translation. So if you're going to go to the New Living Translation, I think everything's going to be coming out of New Living Translation. All right. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. So I verse 9. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or 
practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And Galatians even does like even more things than this. It kind of just lists out a litany of just sinful things. And I think everyone would agree like these are horrific things. But even if you don't agree, this is the, the Lord saying, hey, these are not good things. These are bad things. And yes, homosexuality is listed. It's listed. And it's not just listed here. It's listed other places, but it's listed. It's here. The word of God says homosexuality is bad. There it is in print. It's in print in front of you. Now, but I, I want you to notice a, a couple things. First thing I want you to notice is it lists homosexuality within a list of bad things, sexual sin, worship of idols, which means literally worshiping idols along with God or worshiping idols instead of God, committing adultery, prostitution, thievery, being greedy, being a drunkard. You just walk around you all day drunk. You're abusive to people. You cheat people. It's listed among these. It's not listed. It doesn't list all these things and then say, oh, oh, and homosexuality. Yo, that's bad. Real bad. It doesn't do that. So it's not a bigger sin than other sins. It's just a sin. So for some some pastors, preachers, Christians, they try to make oh homosexuality. You can't. It's, it's the end of mankind as we know it. Nah! It's not, man. It's just a sin like any other sin. And some people on the other side say, oh, it's not a sin. It's not bad. It's not bad to love. Well, if you're a Christian, it means you believe in Jesus, which means your morality, what you think is wrong, what you think is right, comes from Jesus, our Lord and Savior. It comes from the Bible, what God's word. That's where we get it from. And here in black and white, 1 Corinthians 6, go read it, 9 through 10. It, it lists homosexuality as a sin. Matter of fact, it says you won't inherit the kingdom of God if you indulge in these sins or in, or in sin in general. If you make a lifestyle out of sin, like, hey, this is OK, I'm going to I'm going to go with this. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, not to put the cart before the horse. But if you say, hey, this is my lifestyle. Oh, I was born this way. You you know, what? for the people that say I was born this way, I would agree. Woo! my goodness. Some people say, man, I was born this way. And then there's people get robbed up. You weren't born gay. There was no. The Bible actually says we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So you can actually say you're born a homosexual. You can say you were born a prostitute. You can say you were born adultery. You can say you were born a drunkard. You can say you were born a cheater. And you and you could technically you would be right because we're born in sin. But Jesus tells us, hey, we need to be reborn. Right. He says we need to be born again. So, yeah, we're born in sin, but we're born again into the blood of Jesus Christ under the grace of God and into a new spirit. So we become a new creature. So, yeah, you may have been born in sin, but you were reborn, born again into the power of Jesus Christ over sin and death and the grave. Okay. Matthew 12, 31. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. What does that mean? What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? One, in Matthew 12, there's people that are saying Jesus is healing the blind man and healing people via the power of a demon. Jesus is doing it via the power of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, but they're saying he's doing it via the power of a demon. So what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? 
Easy. One, saying that the Holy Spirit is a demon. That's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Saying the Holy Spirit is a demon. Uh, number two, which is an unclean angel, right? So saying the Holy Spirit is a demon, not good. Number two, saying Jesus gets his power from demons. Yeah, blasphemy. That's that, not, that's neither neither one of those is a go. <laughs> so you probably won't get into heaven for two reasons. One, because of the blasphemy, saying the Holy Spirit is a demon. And for two, because you believe that Jesus, the son of the Lord, our God, is the devil or at least gets his power from demons. So if that is your doctrine and your belief, yeah, you won't go to heaven. Um, but if that's not your doctrine or belief, and you believe Jesus is the son of our our God, our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ is the son of our Lord, God, then you're probably good. Because the only sin that's not forgiven is believing he's a demon and the Holy Spirit is a demon and that one demon gets his power from the other demon. Yeah, yeah, duh, that's not that's not good. So if that is not what you believe, then you're you're probably good to go. You're probably good to go if you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus. He's saying, hey, all the other sins, all the stuff that is homosexuality, male prostitution, not that female prostitution is good. It lists, it lists this. Uh, it talks about prostitution in general and female prostitution as well. Um, but adultery, worship of idols, they regret. If you, any of these sins, any of the Ten Commandments that you broke, any of it, says all of it can be forgiven. All of it can be forgiven. That brings us to John three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his own, his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What does that mean? That means that even if you struggle with adultery or homosexuality or lying, all sin is sin. Being gay, being a lesbian is just, just sin. He says, regardless, hey, you love me. I died for you. I died for you so you could live. I died for you so you could be clean. I died for so you could live. So if you're listening to this and you're you're in one of those predicaments, homosexuality or any of the sins listed, or sin period, pride, anger, your anger and your sinning. The Bible says you can get angry and not sin. You don't have to flip the tables over and curse 500 people off and flip the person in the car next to you off. So you can you can get angry and not do all that. So whatever your your flavor of sin is, it's saying hey, repent. Come out of it and I'll be your God and I'll forgive you and you'll be clean and you'll be whole. So what do we get out of those scriptures? For one, being gay or lesbian, no no bigger sin, a little sin than any other sin. And what, what do we also get out of it? That God can redeem anybody that wants to seek him, anybody that wants to seek him. Now, I did come across in, in researching for this podcast. I did come across some interesting stuff. One is gay churches. There's a whole gay church website that just lists gay denominations or dominant dominant denominations with gay churches uh, and and a way to subvert uh, scripture that talks about homosexuality being bad because there's there's several Genesis. Of course, we call it a sodomite and, and sodomy because of the uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis. Right. And God destroying the entire uh, cities, the inner city and outer city of Sodom and Gomorrah for their homosexual acts and their uh, all of their homosexuality was one of a list of very sinful things that they did. Um, So it wasn't just he destroyed them because of homosexuality. Once again, they had a list of things. Uh, If they were only homosexual, but were kind and nice and all of that, he probably wouldn't have destroyed the city. He just would have sent a messenger to preach to him to say, hey, don't be homosexual anymore. But they were horrible. They had a list of things and. The combination of the list, God destroyed them for. So, um, 
you know, but this 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 website and there's several, but this particular one just talked about uh, how to subvert um, the scriptures that talk about homosexuality. He said they talk about and for those clobber, they use the word clobber passages, those clobber passages. You know, hey, God loves you first is what it says. It says, don't worry about all of the the other stuff. Just know that God loves you. It's, It's okay. And for that, I have to I say, does is that the script? Is that what God is saying? Is that what you are saying to push an agenda? Hebrews six. I start at verse one. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will we will move forward to further understanding. Four, for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. It's talking about people here that know Jesus, that are professed Jesus, that have been filled with the Holy Spirit and now are teaching other people to not do the same or teaching them to sin or teaching them that it's okay to sin. He says, you're crucifying Jesus again. You're putting him and holding him, holding him on the cross for public shame. Yes, gay and lesbian churches are holding Jesus Christ on the cross and holding him up for public shame. And any church that teaches that it's okay to sin. Not that it's okay to to struggle with sin. God will, you know, let the Holy Spirit pull you out of it. But no, you're not fighting the sin because the Bible says if you resist the devil, he'll flee. If you fight it, God will give you the strength to come out of it. Not all fights are easy, but if you fight it, God will give you the strength to come out of it. But it but not for those that are saying, hey, we all struggle with something. God will bless us to come out of it. This is saying for those that say, hey, don't even fight it. It's okay. Go with it. It's all right. You're holding Jesus up to the cross and you're crucifying him again and making him a public shame. A public shame. And it says it's impossible to bring those people back to repentance. Those that have seen the light, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God. It's impossible to bring them people back. You know the love, you know the truth, and yet you teach otherwise. You, you teach people to subvert the clobber passages. Those teachers... The Bible, for those that teach that it's okay to sin. And remember, being gay, being lesbian, that's just a sin like any other sin. For those that teach that it is okay to sin. God is saying it's not good. Listen, God is saying it's not good. Acts 3, verse 17. Friends. And you want to hear this. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders, the people at the churches that are saying that it's okay, did to Jesus, holding him up to the cross for public shame. 
was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. You say, man, it's, it's, it's cool. It, Paul here in Acts is trying to give you a pass. 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. God is saying, listen, it's okay. You made a mistake. So all of those that have been told that, hey, it's okay to be gay for all those that have had people tell them it's okay to be gay for those that live in the homosexual lifestyle. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be a lesbian. It's okay. It's okay to be that way. You're born that way. It's all right to be different. Dare to be different. You're saying, hey, there's a there's a refresher coming. If you'll repent, if you'll you repent of your sins and turn to God. That's what repentance means. It doesn't mean saying some, you know, snot nosed, eyeballing, crying prayer. That's not repentance. Repentance is saying, hey, this is wrong. I'm going to stop. <laughs> That's it. It's kind of like, you know what? Taco Bell made me sick. I'm not going to go back there. And just making a decision never to go back. Now, I'm not saying, hey, I eat Taco Bell. Using that as an example. Let's just say a restaurant. You go to a restaurant and they make you sick and you don't like it. And you just decide, you know what? I'm not going back. And you just don't go back. That's what repentance is. And you know what? This isn't good. I may love it. It may feel good to me. I may love being a drunkard. I may love sleeping with someone that's not my wife because she's hotter or he's uh, or if it's from someone that's not my husband. He's hotter or if it's whatever. I may love whatever this sin is. But if God says, hey, I know you love it. But it's time to love enchiladas. Tacos are no good. It may be funny, but if God says it, then do we love the tacos more? Do we love the sin more? Does it become our idol where we say, God, I hear you, but I don't want to give this up. Do we become our own gods deciding what's right and wrong? I know what God says, but I'll just rewrite the book. Like the people at these, the pastors at these pro-gay, pro-lesbian churches. I know what the Lord says, but I'm just rewrite it so we can do what we want to do. We can keep pulling in tied money and telling people to sin, sending people to hell. Because hell is for people, not that sin, but people that choose not to turn away from sin. So once again, if you struggle with any sin, including being gay or being a lesbian, this Acts 3 is saying, hey, turn away. God will wipe it all away. And he'll send you a time of refreshing and he'll be your God. You'll be his son. You'll be his daughter and he'll love you in the purest, most beautiful way. Now for the mockers, Ezekiel 16. Therefore, you prostitute, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, because you have poured out your lust and exposed yourself in prostitution to all your lovers. And because you have worshiped detestable idols because you have slaughtered your children as sacrifices to your God. So this is, you think, oh my goodness, what nation is this? This is Israel, people. This is the chosen people. This is Israel. Verse 46. Your older sister was Samaria, who lived with her daughters in the north. Your younger sister was Sodom, who lived with her daughters in the south. But you have not merely sinned as they did. You quickly surpassed them in corruption. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, Sodom and her daughters will never were never as wicked as you and your daughters. Sodom's sins were pride, gluttony and laziness while the poor and needy suffered outside her door. And in Genesis, it talks about 
their their homosexuality. Here is is listing their other sins. So there wasn't just homosexuality. It was gluttony. It was pride. It was laziness. So these sodomites, literally, literally, they were sodomites, uh, or sodomians. Uh, I think sodomites would be, and the Gomorrites. These are their sins. It says she was proud and committed detestable sins. So I wiped her out. And you have seen. Matter of fact, to this day, they say you can pick up the rocks where on the grounds where Sodom and Gomorrah were and light them on fire because it literally rained brimstone and ash. God rained fury upon them in the form of brimstone and ash. Fifty one. Even Samaria did not commit half your sins. And remember, he's talking to Israel. You have done far more detestable things than your sisters ever did. They seem righteous compared to you. Shame on you. Your sins are so terrible that you make your sisters seem righteous, even virtuous. But someday I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and Samaria, and I will restore you too. Then you will be truly ashamed of everything you have done, for your sins make them feel good in comparison. Yes, your sister Sodom and Samaria and all their people will be restored. At that time, you will also be restored. In your proud days, you will... You held Sodom in contempt, but now your greater wickedness has been exposed to all the world. And you are the one who is scorned by Edom and all her neighbors and by Philistia. This is your punishment for all your lewdness and detestable sins, says the Lord. God is getting on to Israel, says, hey, you thought you were better than Sodom, but you've done some crazy stuff, too. And guess what? They repent. They're going to be saved. You repent. You're going to be saved. So you're going to see them and they're going to see you and you're going to both make it to heaven. You're both going to be saved. You're both going to be restored and blessed. So for those that mock, you know, gays, lesbians, those that say, oh, you're you're dumb, you're stupid, you're an abomination, you're this. Instead of loving them just like you love any other sinner. Instead of being humble enough to say, you know what, I have sins, too, that I need to correct in my life. You're going to see them restored. Every every homosexual that repents will be restored. And you'll be restored, too, if you repent of your pride and arrogance and your self-righteousness. So for everyone on the left side, repent, be restored. God loves you. For everyone on the right side, repent, be restored. God loves you. To To summarize it all up, it's this. God hates sin. If you sin, regardless what it is, and yes, homosexuality is a sin, so is adultery. So is pridefulness, drunkardness, prostitution, worshiping idols. An idol is anything you put above God. You wash your car instead of going to church on Sundays. Your car has become an idol. Being greedy, cheating people, being verbally abusive, physically abusive. Anything you put, that's a sin. Anything you live out, that's a sin. You're not worthy of the kingdom. But Jesus died. His blood ran red so that anyone that sins can ask for forgiveness and actually repent, turn away from the sin and be saved. Listen, I really appreciate you checking out today's podcast. Make sure to find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Levi Johnny Griffin. Hit me up on Twitter at Levi underscore Griffin. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple podcast platforms, Google Podcast Platforms, and Stitcher. Also, place a link to this podcast in your social media feed and tag me in it, Levi Johnny Griffin, for a chance to co-host a show with me. Hey, I want to leave you with this. 
four evidences of Christian faith. One is belief. We believe in what Jesus did on the cross. It's what covers us and gives us access to the glory of God. B, lifestyle. It just means we live like we believe it. Jesus tells us to live right. We live right. C, we evangelize. What does that mean? We teach other people about Jesus so they can have faith. Indeed, we spread the lifestyle. We teach them how to live like they have faith. How do we do that? We connect them to a church and we connect them to plenty of Christian material, Bibles, Christian books, Christian movies like The Passion and even Christian podcasts like Word Today. Share it with your friends. If it's blessing you and you're eating and growing from it, let someone else eat and grow from it as well. I love each and every one of you. Let's keep praying and keep pushing in the faith together.